2: Great to have you in. It's Hail Bar City Radio Signing Day 2024. Let's get it kicked off right with uh, Husker MVP, two-time national champion, and uh, a coach at Westside, and oh yeah, a proud Papa right now with the Husker Network. Uh, Damon Benning joins us to get us going. Damon, congrats to Caleb, your family man. How's the day been?
3: Oh, uh, it's it's been a whirlwind. It's uh. You know, the first couple – it reminds me of the first couple of weeks of the recruiting process, right? It, it feels really good, and there's this sense of, wow, this is really happening, and then the actual recruiting happens, and, and you're miserable. So today is like the first part of the courting process in recruiting where it's like it all came to a culmination in about 30 minutes of signing time and, and, and doing a couple of radio hits this morning. So it was like – it's just—it's a, a sense of relief. I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm very, very proud. Um, there's just a ton of emotions, but most of all, I'm—I'm just—I'm just happy for Caleb because of the time and work that he's put in.
0: How did your emotions on your own signing day compare to how you feel today? Well, what, what is that difference between yourself signing and, and seeing your son sign?
3: Yeah, you know, so that's funny. I literally just hung up the phone with my mom five minutes ago, and and you know, she know she's just talked about how full her heart was and how happy um you know grandpa would be for Caleb and you know he's been they've been season ticket holders for 40 years and i said you know i know you think i'm going to say this mom just because it it's kind of my personality but i i don't really remember signing day being like that like i and she goes well you're supposed to know how we felt when you signed and i said i didn't even know how i felt when i signed so it's like I don't remember the feeling like I do vividly, obviously experiencing it, you know, 33 years later um, as, as a parent. It's always better when it's your kids than things are with you. So I can't even really describe what I felt like compared to what he feels. I just know that he's serious when he says, The recruiting process was very, very difficult. I love the brevity of today, right? Like, that just – it typifies his personality, so I'm stoked.
2: Damon Benning's with us here on Hale Varsity as uh, Caleb, part of the 2024 class. And, Damon, I want to get your takeaway. Uh, You've been able to see up close all season long Coach Rule and this team – You've also seen what they're about in the recruiting process. Yeah. And, and give us your impression of, of, of what Nebraska has in their head coach.
3: Yeah, so it, it's, it's, really, it's really funny um, now that it's kind of over because early on in December and January and February, um, I almost had to pinch myself sometimes to make sure I wasn't – I felt like he was the type of guy that was playing checkers and I was playing chess. Because this wasn't even really about the recruiting process yet. This was just me getting to know him as the person, as, as kind of being in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were going to do this 90-minute sit-down that ultimately didn't end up happening until the summer. Um, but along those lines, I'm like, he's unbelievable. He's, he's authentic. He's, he's a quick blinker. He's, he's very self-aware. Like, he was almost too good to be true. And then once he kind of ramped up the recruiting process, um, it it just, it further, I'm like, okay, I, I feel validated, like I'm not crazy. And then I've watched his teams respond, like from a working standpoint, right? With the network, I'm thinking, wow, you've got some guys that are all in now. Ty Robinson, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich. Uh, kind of, some, you, you've got this proof of concept in Tommy Hill, how you've got him to kind of turn a, turn the corner. It, it was being validated almost daily with the life lessons that he's teaching. And then culmination of, uh, or culminating, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the in-home visit where he stayed until almost midnight. I'm just thinking, he's, he's everything that he says he is because it's modeled behavior. Not just the words; he's actually modeling um, kind of what he's after in terms of leading young people. So I, I couldn't I couldn't be happier. And I'm telling you, uh, whether it's trying to explain a going for a fake kick from the fifty yard line, or he's telling you about what he had for dinner, it's authentic. It, it's so you just take that all in. Whether it's things that we love and we agree with, or things where we kind of scratch our head, he's transparent. And and I think that is going to serve him well in the long haul.
2: I want to go to go to the in home visit. Uh, did you watch a ball game? Did you hang out? Did you talk? Did you grill? What'd you serve?
3: Yeah. So it was, you know, it was kind of impromptu. He was originally coming on Tuesday, um, but he said there were only a couple of non early enrollee guys that he was going to do in homes with, and so. He wanted to make sure that he had time. So he called on Thursday and said, hey, we got a wide-open day tomorrow. We're not on the road. Are, are you okay with that if we come watch basketball? Coach Cooper wants to watch him play. And I said, so – and I'm, you know, me, I'm, I'm going to just ask the questions. I said, so, like, are you meaning the in-home too? And he said, yeah. So I'm panicking, right, because you got to get the house ready. I have no yes. idea what we're eating. There, there, all these things go through my mind. I just – was trying to figure out how to say yes and then call and break the news to my wife later on at school. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like he he comes to the, he's at the Gretna game and it's a huge game. It's a big rivalry. And, and uh, the team plays well, and he's kind of critiquing it along the way and plays that he likes. And the whole time he's like, man, I just want to get out there and play two on two. He's like, if you can get Caleb to play, uh, he said, you take Coop, I'll take Caleb. If you guys win, I'll let Caleb wear whatever number he wants. And I'm like, don't tip me, you know, And but that's just the kind of guy he is. Obviously he's joking, but you know, then he goes down and, you know, he shoots the breeze with the student section and he takes pictures and he has to go big red chanting in the gym. Like he just owned the, he owned the gymnasium and he ended up beating us back to our house. <laughs> um, and so we, I, we had, you know, some wings and smoked pastrami and we had some pizza from Paisons and, he loved the food, and, you know, it's it's probably 10.30, and I'm thinking he's ready to go, and Furman and Montana's going on, and so we start watching the game, and he's asking Caleb about play calls, and Coach Coop is like, you know, what defense would you play here? And they're just going back and forth, and it's just funny. You know, Coach Rule would ask offensive questions, and Coach Cooper would ask defensive questions. And uh, he's and Coach Rule's like, yeah, I don't know, man, it's Coop, he sounds like an offensive guy, and Coop's like, "Yeah, right." You know, this guy's defense through and through. Look at the way he likes to hit this, that, and the other. And so it turned into kind of, it got a lot more lighthearted, like where we get to see you peel back the onions a little bit in terms of how people are thinking. And so we talk situational defense, and and it, it was cool. And and before you know it, it's midnight, and they they're they're getting out of the house. But he was uh, just. Every, everything you kind of thought from the periphery and, and, and then some when you when you peeled it back.
0: Damon, I, I love the, the, the way you're phrasing this of peeling back the onion. I want to peel back the onion a little bit on Matt Rule, the competitor, because he makes that offer to play two-on-two two in basketball. Maybe he's kidding, maybe he's not. You don't necessarily see that in the press conferences because Matt Rule's so, so affable whenever he's up there in front of the media, but yeah. you see him on the sideline and you see him in recruiting and you see him playing ping-pong with guys. <laughs> The dude's a competitor, and I'm not sure it always comes across that way whenever he gets up in front of the media and speaks to people. Can you speak on that, Matt Rule? The competitor,
3: yeah, yeah. he's unbelievable. I, you know, I was joking with him when Tony White was at the high school the other day. He, he wanted to watch basketball practice, but he wanted to play horse. And so I text Coach Rule. I'm like, God, I said, is this the, the competition? Just runs rampant. Like he really wants to play horse, and and Coach Rule didn't he totally skipped over the fact that his coach is like all in engaging with student athletes. He said, tell him he can't beat me with his trick knee. I'll play him anytime. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> it, it, it it doesn't matter what he does. And I'm telling you, like at the end of the day, it's not just the relationship that he was building within the walls of our home. It was the fact that he is so competitive that I think eventually won the house over, uh, you know, people that know us would, would, would say we're probably closer to the competitive side than not. And if if it's truly survival of the fittest and next man up and, you know, you earn your keep and you get to eat what you kill, like, that's in our wheelhouse, right? Like, we want the chance to compete. and. And it's just ideal, but it's exactly who he is, so it 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 one hundred percent works.
2: Couple more minutes, Damon Benning with his signing day twenty twenty four. Hail Varsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, you mentioned the the topic of competition, Damon. He was asked about that in regards to Dylan Riolà, and a, a nice, you know, better than nice monster get for Nebraska uh, at a marquee spot, arguably the marquee spot in football, and. You know Dom pretty well, and are you amazed at this process, or did you think the door was always open?
3: Well, so for the first couple of months after the commitment to Georgia, I thought like ah, you know, this this ship has failed. But you know, last Sunday, um, I I started to think that there was a chance where you know Dom had called in the morning, and then we were kind of texting back and forth that Sunday, and. I'm like, whoa! Like, is he trying to tell me something? He's asked a ton of insightful questions. Like, what are we getting at here? So, I, you know, truth be told, full disclosure, and I joked with Dom about this this week. Like, I ran and told. I, I was like, hey, Coach. Like, Dom is is totally asking me a thousand questions. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know what this means. I, I kind of feel like, you know, some some giddy school guy, right? Mm-hmm. But. You know, I'm an Android, he's an Apple guy, and so I sent it over to him, and I could could see the emphasize, Mm -hmm. you know, Coach Rowe emphasized, you know, the message. So I was like, oh, wow, this this maybe caught him off guard, too. Like, maybe there is something to this. And by Monday, when it got super hot and heavy, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely something to this.
2: Your reaction for for Nebraska as somebody that, that played and wants to see this place get back to where it's been?
3: Uh, I'm pumped, you know, I, I, it's just something cool. You know, Dom said something cool the other day, you know, he just was like, Hey, I get all the comparisons, you know, Eric and some of these guys came to see him on Saturday with T phrase. And he goes, it would be cool if, if a Benning and Rayola could get some wins in a recruiting class, like Benning and Frazier. And while, the two after, the, the two aforementioned aren't near probably, well, one of the guys that's mentioned with me is a lot better than the guy that he's mentioned with, and the two younger guys still got a ways to go, but
4: <laughs>
3: the comparison was cool nonetheless. It just gave me chills.
0: It's David Bidding with us here, our signing day special on Hale Varsity Radio, and uh, Damon, I want to get your thoughts on some of the news of the day. There was a Miami Flair with some surprise flips today. Well, maybe surprise isn't the right word to use, but uh, Miami Flair nonetheless. Uh, what's your take on that, the, the coaching staff going down to Miami? I know you probably played with some guys uh, from the state of Florida and from Miami. What is that fit like, and were those names surprises to you?
3: Yeah, I think as as kind of the week wore on, they weren't as big of surprises, but I do like the fact that people are very, very intrigued and want to be surrounded by what's going on at Nebraska and when you can start to, to do work in, in the state of Florida and get some guys to kind of change their mind later on and know that they're moving they're moving far from home like that's a that's a big big deal so um, I'm, I'm excited right the more the merrier and, it, it, and I think this he's, he's going to give this thing a chance to work.
2: David, we'll get you out on this, and you've been around the, the high school scene for a number of years. Speak to the in-state talent uh, that, that Nebraska was able to haul a, a number of Nebraska kids in a really uh, – another good year for, for Nebraska high school athletes not only finding their way to Lincoln but other prominent locations.
3: Yeah, he's got eight total, and, you know, the top, depending on the rankings, four – Five guys in the class all to say yes that's a big deal and that's obviously where it has to start and i and i think he's done a good job it's important to him it's been important to him um i think they've worked their tail off making their presence felt across the state and and hopefully i can continue to pay dividends
2: your reaction to how danny kalin's handled all this
3: hey so he's a, he's a, a, a pro's pro all right tough deal um he, he, the, the emotions that he's ran since January, um, the decommit late uh, for Missouri, then coming back to Nebraska, being an early enrollee, then having things expedited the way that they were in this last week. Uh, I think he's done and said all the right things. And you've got to remember, you know, he's, he's 18 years old. And so um, wearing it on his sleeve and out loud, listen, he, he's human. And and more than he's human, he's he's he hasn't had some of the life experiences. So I couldn't be any more proud of 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 DK and how he's kind of handled this.
2: You're celebrating tonight? How?
3: Uh, I I think I'm just gonna make sandwiches, right? Like some chicken <laughs> cheese steaks. Maybe just kind of hang out and be quiet. It's- my my young my. My thirteen-year-old has got another half day of school, and Kayla finished his finals today, so it should be pretty easy going. Yeah,
2: you know, it's nice enough out to grill. Just, just saying.
3: I, I thought about it, but that's coming probably tomorrow night. I, I, I got a nice, uh, I got a nice tenderloin Ooh. that I only paid about seven nineteen a pound for, so that might be tomorrow.
2: Text me the address. Uh, yeah. Or just text me who your meat man is. I need to know who your meat man is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're making tenderloin, we're there. We'll, uh, we'll bring the sides. Uh, <laughs> it's big of us. Damon Benning with us here on ALVAR City. Damon, best you and the fam. Thanks for a few minutes today.
3: I appreciate it. Anytime, guys.
2: Another day is here, and you're
0: ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
5: Back with
2: you, at Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Thanks to Damon Benning for getting us kicked off on Signing Day 2024. Mike Babcock with us now from Hale Varsity. Heard at Sports, Bill Dolman joins us. Evan Bland and Mike Schaefer. Next hour, we are uh, efforting a couple of uh, commits from this class. We'll also hear from Dylan Riola and Miss Dor. Uh, Matt uh, Rule, his presser today. So a lot to get to in the next couple of hours. Roll call real quick. We do this. Jeff was in. Morgan, Anthony, Brian, Brennan. One through five and many more. We'll get to your stream comments. Babbers, another signing day. Let's uh, talk reaction here. Eight Nebraskans, five uh, Floridians, and five from the Lone Star State. Uh, total of 26. What do you think?
4: Uh, I think that's good. What you just mentioned, you know, the, uh, in addition to getting the Nebraska, uh, guys, um, you had five from Florida and five from Texas. I think that shows, uh, the effort that this coaching staff has put into the, to the recruiting class. And I think it's the value of, of what recruiting is for Nebraska enable to be able to get the best players or most of the best players from in-state and uh, and then also uh, be able to get states like uh, Florida and Texas uh, in the mix. I think that's really important for Nebraska. You have to go that way.
0: Mike, uh, a point I brought up on our, our show yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts on, is do you think this class resembles the successful Husker classes of old where you're really locked down not only the state borders but the 500-mile radius as a whole? There's a big 500-mile radius flare with Kansas, Colorado, Montana, if you consider that part of the 500-mile radius. The, the
2: Rockies, right?
0: Iowa. That 500-mile radius, well-represented. Then, as you said, you go across the country to Texas, to Florida, uh, to the East Coast as well, North Carolina. You'll pick and choose your spots across the country to bring in some other guys. Does that reminds you of recruiting classes of old?
4: Well, yeah. Um, one of those states that Nebraska did well in, I think, was California. It w- was able to bring in some guys from California. And, and Texas was always a, a good state for Nebraska. Um, I think that it, it became more difficult, you know, with the creation of the Big 12, obviously more difficult now in, in the Big 10. But, uh, yeah, it, it does. It's the, it's the kind of mix that you have to have, I think. Um, stay close to home in the 500-mile in the radius, as you mentioned, but also you've got to have these areas where you uh, bring in these players um, you know, being in the Sugar Bowl a couple of times enabled Nebraska to get some guys from Louisiana. Um, being in the Orange Bowl obviously facilitated the, uh, uh, the 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 Florida guys that Nebraska was able to recruit. And then there was a good connection that went clear back to uh, to the towards the end of Devaney's tenure as coach uh, to California because Nebraska was very aggressive there. In the, in the late 60s of, of getting uh, junior college players, especially uh, from California and, and in the West. And uh, those players play significant roles in, in Nebraska's uh, national championship run.
2: Mike Babcock's with us from Hale Varsity and at Sports. Uh, get a subscription to Mike's bi-weekly newsletter at b at com. So I, I got to ask you about the, the Riola Buzz uh, nationally, locally, and the the thought of you know his opportunity, uh, just uh, the the talent walking in that door for Nebraska. At the quarterback spot is is good based on his pedigree. Since what Frazier, since Gill, how do you kind of um, put words to it, Mike, with with what Nebraska could have in Riola?
4: Well, you had the recruiting class that included uh, Eric Crouch and Bobby Newcomb. Uh, you know, Bobby played as a true freshman as a receiver and then competed with Eric uh, for the quarterback job. Uh, that was a big deal. I, you know, one thing that, that I remember a lot of talk about was the recruitment of Harrison Beck out of Clearwater. <laughs> yes. Lord, you know, that was in 2005, that 2005 recruiting class, uh, Harrison Beck was a four-star recruit. It, it included two five-star recruits, um, Marlon Lucky, and uh, Zachary Bowman, who was a transfer from uh, New, Mex- New Mexico Military Institute uh, Junior College, uh, had had uh, uh, I counted these up for the for the newsletter, I think of uh, 31 signees on the list on letter of intent day, uh, 11 of them were uh, four stars and then the two five star ones. So that was a pretty, pretty big uh, Pretty big deal uh, back in 2005, but the thing that I remember most was there was just a lot of discussion about Harrison Beck and, you know, was he going to come here? And and once he made a commitment, you know, that was it. You know, Bill Callahan said, I'm not looking at any more quarterbacks. He's the guy. And uh, like Zach Taylor was in that class as well thank we god they are. <laughs> we know how the Harrison they brought in zach just to uh push him you know push him to be better and uh he pushed him so hard that he pushed him right out and uh <laughs> zach was a really good quarterback but uh yeah this is probably a, about uh you know tommy fraser that was a big deal uh, i think he initially it looked like he was going to commit to colorado and then Colorado. Got another quarterback whose name I forget, but
2: Cloyd Detmer.
4: Detmer, yeah, okay. Um, and then it kind of came down to Nebraska and Clemson, I think, with with uh, Tommy. But that was a that was a good uh, that was a good get for Nebraska, obviously. And uh, you know Turner Gill, it, it kind of came down to uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma uh, with Turner, and uh, that was always a big you know, big battle recruiting when Nebraska and Oklahoma actually went head-to-head that, to head to, you know, that Nebraska would get a would get a guy that Oklahoma was going after. I think same thing with Mickey Joseph, actually. I think came down to Nebraska and Oklahoma with him. Um, so, yeah, those were the days, but you didn't have social media and you didn't have all the discussion that goes on on the internet uh, and all the publicity that goes along with being a five-star quarterback and making a decommit from team that just won a national championship uh to uh uh come to nebraska so uh this is about as good as it gets in terms of what nebraska is able to accomplish in recruiting
0: Mike, I want to get your thoughts on the the Miami flair that is in this class. A couple of flips today from the city of Miami, and uh, I think there's five different guys in the class from the city of Miami. What's your take on that? Miami's been a place that Nebraska's gone to before in terms of the the grander history of Husker football. It's been a little bit since there's been success. You remember that class of guys back in, I believe, 2018, where uh, none of those Florida guys ended up sticking around. Uh, so, not as much recent success down there. What's your, your thoughts on Nebraska going back to Miami in this class of 2024?
4: You know, I think it's a, I think it's important, as I said, and I, and I also think, you know, there's, um, uh, when Dylan Riola makes a commitment to Nebraska, or when there's all this discussion going on via the internet again, um, I think that, in any, at any school, when you get a five-star guy like that. Or you have, there's talk of a five-star guy that maybe was going to come to your school. Um, It brings in guys from other places. You know, you you get other players committing that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And I think that the Florida thing is probably partly that. You know, a couple guys change, and why did they change? Because there was discussion. My guess is there was at least some of the influence was discussion of Ryola and was he going to, He committed from Georgia and come to Nebraska. And that's the other thing that not only do you get him, but you get other players of a high quality that are taking a look at your program because um, one guy begets others.
2: Mike, we'll get your take on the legacy part of this discussion where you have a lot of really talented former Huskers uh, having their, their sons choose Nebraska and really a who's who list of guys that uh, Papa Bear performed on the field, a lot of rings won, a lot of New Year's Day bowl games, a lot of high NFL draft picks and long NFL careers. Now it's Junior's turn.
4: Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. You know, the thing is, I'm sure that in, in most cases the father said, you know, do what you think is best for you. You know, don't make a decision Entirely based on the fact that I played there and I had this kind of success, do what you think is best. But you know, they come out and decide they think it's best for them, and so they make the decision to come here. And it, it's it's always good, I think, when when you have that kind of a situation. And uh, and the numbers this year, what what did we have? a Half dozen. Um,
2: yeah, you had a total what, total. Uh, what five? Five. Five. Yep.
4: Okay, five. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think, again, that speaks well for your program, because I don't believe that the father was necessarily saying you got to go there because that's where I went. And in some cases, um, I think uh, student athletes say, I don't want to go there because I don't want the pressure of expectation because of what my father did. But um, in this case, we got five that said, hey, we're going to do it. And I think that's good. I like that.
0: Mike, as the the young guy in the room, can you give me a, a Ken Clark memory? I feel like those other guys maybe a little bit closer to my time, and Ken's son Quinn, obviously in the class here. Ken passing away ten years ago, uh, here in a couple of months, and I want to get your, your memories of him because that's a guy that I, I don't think, uh, at least among the younger fans, he has was been incredible. Down.
2: He was incredible.
4: He was. He was. He was on the cover of the media guide his senior year. I mean, that's how good how, how good he was, and it was kind of a question of he didn't necessarily have all the players around him that were, that were, was going to put you in the national championship discussion, but he was, he was kind of a, um, he kind of led the charge and really during Tom Osborne's, uh, uh, 25 seasons as head coach, just about every season, you could find us at some point in the season, Nebraska was in a position where you thought, Hey, it could play for a national championship, but, uh, yeah, Ken Clark, that's how good he was. He was on the cover of the media guide. That takes a lot.
2: Kenny Clark out Barry Sanders uh, uh, one October day in 1988. And then Ken Clark's story I heard from Eric Dickerson, because Kenny was the, the backup back to Dickerson when he got traded to Indy. Mm. This is the late 80s. So uh, Clark would drive whatever Eric wasn't driving in Eric's garage. Uh, Dickerson told me so, I, and, and it may have been the infamous A&M Gold Trans Am once in a while uh, so uh, this was a hundred years ago we talked Derek Eric Dickerson but he had just fond memories of, of the late great Ken Clark so yeah, we, yeah, uh, sad. yeah, yeah absolutely sad Mike uh, good day for the big red thanks for sharing some thoughts on signing day with us and uh, we'll check in with you in the new year bud
4: yeah, it makes me feel old when I see tons of players that I experienced, cover
2: right, right? Experienced.
4: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. There he is, Mike
2: Babcock at MD Babs on Twitter. Big thanks to Mike. Uh, signing Day 2024 rolls forward. Pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports. Bill Dolman joins us next on Hale Varsity.
1: He's the Pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor.
2: I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating.
1: Now with Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Signing day 2024 rolls forward. We welcome in the Pride of Fairbury NBC Sports, the professor Bill Dolman. As uh, Billy D. This, in all the years we've done radio, this may be the first signing day uh, we have you on. And... Man, it's been quite a signing day to, to track and follow, and all that ink is dry. What a job by Rule and Company, Landon 26, for this class.
5: Well, thank you for having me on, because you know how much I love... Uh, you, high school football recruiting.
2: You've been the most measured. I mean, capital M with the measured uh, uh, sportscaster I've known ever. <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, no cart before horse.
5: Well, hey, look, I, I, I don't want to take any any credit for Zach Taylor. Right, I, I just heard Mike Babcock a little while ago talk about the uh, you know the recruitment and the and the excitement people around Nebraska had for. Harrison Beck and I remember that you and I and perhaps a couple of others we were watching some video about back in the day when you could get uh, a look at a recruit and then you started to look a little deeper at uh, just what that resume really probably looked like Mm -hmm. and what Nebraska might be getting and so we were a little critical about the pursuit of Harrison Beck so we'll take credit for Zach Taylor. Coming to Nebraska, you know, just because of our recruiting analysis was so astute back then.
2: Well, I'm sure you know. Next time we talk to Zach, uh, he'll (laughs) he'll say, "Yep, you guys, you got me to Lincoln." Uh, And in turn, we got the Bengals
5: in the Super Bowl. That's what I was going to say. Willed it to happen. I
2: was going to say with the butterfly
5: effect, you got Zach Taylor the head coaching gig with the Cincinnati
0: Bengals. Just
5: because we started we started to dive into the stars a little bit more deeply than others did. And we saw something they didn't, and we, well, you know, raised the alarm. But football recruiting—it is a—it is a, uh, a national—I don't want to say a holiday, but it certainly uh, has become an entity all to its own. Not just one day, but my gosh, uh, recruiting for twenty twenty-five has uh, started already and Matt Rule said he's going to give his guys a bit of a break and then they'll ramp up 25 when they all come back and oh, oh by the way there's a football season to prepare for as well.
0: Well Bill it's interesting today we're bringing up Harrison Beck and Zach Taylor. I mean you could make <laughs> you, you, you could make the parallel that Nebraska with a two quarterback class this year early in a the tenure. They got the sought after guy. They also have the the guy waiting in the wings that's expected to push uh, the, the guy that's expected to be the top but this year it feels a little different than Harrison Beck and Zach Taylor. Yeah.
5: Yeah, there's no question. Look, uh, I'm not naive, and I'm going to downplay the day. It is. It's a really big deal for Nebraska to get Dylan Raiola, and and I think it's a really big deal uh, for Daniel Kalen to for Nebraska to stick with Daniel Kalen, allow him to perhaps explore other opportunities. Which you know that was then they had lines the last few days, but then for him to come back, I think it speaks to his character and the character of the program that. He sees what what has been laid out before him. He knows who's coming in. Nebraska's been honest with him, and he wants to be a part of of the program. And and who knows, he may grow into becoming a fantastic college quarterback that could have a great impact at the University of Nebraska. And the same could be said for Dylan Rayola or whoever they might bring in in the next few weeks or months to play quarterback at Nebraska.
2: Bill Dolman's with us. Find him on Twitter at Bill Dolman. And, Bill, you kind of nailed this. Two weeks ago, well, less than two weeks ago, when it comes to, to the Nebraska factor, uh, you've touched on family, and Rule divulged that today when it came to that Sunday phone call from Dylan to Coach Rule.
5: Yeah, we, we talked about it on, on the show, uh, I guess it was last week. And, and you know, I I really firmly believe, it. you know, and I think I said at the time that the you know this thing with Dylan Rayola goes back years, and it's it's been a lifetime, uh, probably dream for him to be able to do what he did today. Even though he was courted by everybody uh, around the country, but there there's something special about you know the state of Nebraska and the relationship that uh, that the Rayolas, the family, Dominic, Yvonne, Dayton, and probably even Taylor, the sister. They probably all have a relationship with with the state of Nebraska because of the experience Dom had, you know, when he played here back in the 1990s and early 2000s, and that's always left an impression. And I think it's interesting when they talk about Nebraska being home to to Dylan and to the Rayolas. I don't know when they've lived here, other than you know Dom's time as a, as a college student in Nebraska. So what this state meant to him as a as a college student and as a collegiate athlete. The impact that Tom Osborne had on him, uh, I think, has been a, a lifelong thing for him, and so it, it didn't surprise me that when you know word got out that he was circling back and and talking to Matt Rule and company that this was this was probably where he was going to end up being. I think I think look, this is still a state where the handshake is a contract, okay. And Matt Rule talked about, wouldn't you love to be the head of the Ainsworth Tour, Travel and Tourism <laughs> Department today? Come crash a wedding and have a bourbon. We are all Ainsworth, right? But, you know, I think every small town in Nebraska, and Lincoln and Omaha too, can, can say, yeah, we get it. We understand that. We understand why he enjoys going up there and, and meeting, you know, the real people of the state. And, again, that's not to say they're not real in Lincoln and Omaha. But there's something about the handshake in the small town Around here, that still means something, and I think people who come here uh, understand that. And I think the Rayolas uh, uh, have always felt that, and I think that they're a very proud family that their son recognizes how special this place can be and how they, they will treat him. And, and I think that they will you'll be very respectful of that.
0: Bill, obviously, this Rayola flip speaks a lot to what Nebraska means to the Rayolas, but I think it also speaks to the the culture within the building that Matt rule has been able to establish in his first 12 months on the job. Can you speak on that for a second? Just, just the, the, this change in philosophy down at one Memorial drive that has occurred under Matt rule. That's kind of led Dylan Ryla back to Nebraska and and ensured that it's the right place for him.
5: Well, look, I, I, am going to go back to, you know, the the talk about the state. I think when Matt rule came in uh, to visit, remember he, he came in with his wife and they, they took in what the Illinois game or something. And, and realized, wait a minute, this isn't just a football stadium surrounded by cornfields. And he understood in just a weekend that this is a very unique place, okay? And then he takes the job and he lays out his vision. And over the past year, as he and his staff have crisscrossed the state and probably met Nebraskans from coast to coast and border to border and realized, as he has said, there's a real responsibility here. So I I think that Nebraska has left an indelible impact on him over the last year. And I think Nebraska has embraced who he is. And I think it's been a terrific relationship over the last year. And I think all of that has borne out in the relationships that were created to put this recruiting class together, which I believe is, is is a very impressive class. And to see the Floridians... Remember, we've been told nobody wants to go to Nebraska. Well, there's, what, five kids from Florida, and a few of them have stuck to their commitment for a long time despite a lot of pressure to get them to flip and stay home in Miami. You've got, what, eight players from Texas that have all embraced and understood that, you know, that's a, that's a staff that believes in the, in the state that it represents, the program it represents, the people it represents. I want to go be a part of that. So it's, I think it's been a terrific match that both Matt Rule and Nebraska, the the uh, relationship and the impact they've had on each other, and that's why you have a pretty solid recruiting class today.
2: Bill Dolman, signing day 2024, Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, hang on for us. We'll get you to take us to the top of the hour here on the other side if you got a couple of minutes. Sure. We'll put a bow on this first hour and uh, get some of your stream comments on Hail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, 489-1240. Number to get in, chris at HailVarsity.com to email.
5: And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Signing Day 2024, powered by Cornhead Lager. Reminder to get buckled up this holiday season. Hands on the wheel eyes and focus straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Bill Dolman with us to round out this first hour. Bill, we've talked about Florida, Texas, the in-state talent with uh, the Nebraska kids. Of course, Dylan Raiola committing and flipping. As we look forward with this second class now for Matt Rule, do you think this could be one of those turn-the-corner classes? You've seen those before in your time covering Nebraska.
5: Yeah, I do. I, I think with the, uh, the the foundation that's been laid in the state of Nebraska, I think that's pretty significant. You know, there will there will be attrition. You know, whether what they signed 47 players today, something like that, uh, close to 60. Um, if, eventually, there will be a couple who will leave. But if you can make sure that you have that foundation in place in Nebraska, as good as the talent in this state is getting, uh, I think that's a pretty significant thing that will uh, continue to deepen the roots, replant the roots uh, back in this state to get quality players out of Florida and Texas is significant. I was a little surprised that th- there's, there was nothing, very little talk about California other than the Baker kid who ended up at Texas. But uh, they don't seem to be phased by the fact that uh, there was nothing done out in California. And maybe that's by design. This is going to be a Midwest and, and Southeast, East Coast uh, heavy uh, program. But yeah, with with a, a benchmark player like a Dylan Rayola, uh, and some of the other quality players along the offensive line, uh, how about you got pile of bricks, bricks yes. and uh, was Pile's last name, uh, our first name Gibson, Gibson, Gibson yeah. Pile. Yeah, I mean, boy, they got some great offensive line names. But uh, uh, you know, those guys, uh, I, I think it, to have an offensive line built over two years, I think now that's going to be really significant. So I think that um, the offensive line success last year and this year will m- really transform, I think, this program and give it depth.
0: Hey, don't forget and Alexander Ruggeroli, another great yeah, offensive line Yeah, of, out of
2: Vegas, and, and you're getting him yeah. as a, as yeah. a walk-on from Bishop Gorman. I'll tell you what, a lot's been made, and rightfully so, about uh, Coach Dotty and and, and and Dylan, but from from day one from the jump bill – Bricks was a target for for uh, Donnie Raiola, and he got his man out of Iowa when the rest yeah. of the Big Ten and the SEC wanted him.
5: Yeah, doesn't it sound like uh, Donovan? You know, everybody wanted Dylan Raiola, and Donnie Raiola wanted uh, wanted Grant Bricks. <laughs>
2: well, wanted both, <laughs> but yeah, get 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 me Give Bricks. that guy a raise. Get me Bricks uh, now, and get the semi out to his stadium.
5: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, uh, Donovan Raiola I think has been very good, and I know the players in his room love him. And I, I think that was a significant hire where it was strategic to get his nephew here, uh, let that play out. But uh, Donovan Royal, I think has been a, a real find for this coaching staff. And uh, now th- I think this is, I think really last year with the offensive line players, they're able to get in, especially locally. Uh, and then the offensive line, it appears as though they've assembled this year. That's really, really a big deal for this program. And they sprinkled it in with some speed. And uh, I think in, I think we're going to see the benefits next year.
2: Should be all right. Can't wait for a year or two if you're a Nebraska fan. Bill, we'll grab a whiskey before you head off for the holiday break, all right?
5: You know, that sounds good to me. All I love right, that. sounds good. We'll right, uh, we'll, we'll get it.
2: we'll get the whiskey and cigars going. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Bill, thank you. All right, see you. There he is. Bill Dolman with us. Appreciate him, as always. Mike Babcock, uh, as well this hour, Damon Benning. Next hour, Mike Schaefer, 24-7, Sports Heaven Bland on the way. Welcome to It Signing Day 2024, Hour 2 with Hale City Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. We'll check in shortly here with Mike Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. We'll hear from Schaefer, get his take. Uh, Chubba, pretty news as being reported by Arizona 360. Sounds like Chuba is on the move. Brian checks in on the stream. Can always watch the show. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Radio. Uh, Brian says this: I'm now convinced that if Matt Rule was a member of the Delta Tau Chi fraternity, he would have uh, been president by his third year. No horses would have been harmed or died. Uh, he would have been. Uh, it would have been the top frat GPA. And uh, you know what? The movie wouldn't have happened like it did. So uh, everything uh, that Rule has touched has turned to gold. This signing class we welcome in with 24-7 Sports Mike Schaefer at Mike J. Schaefer on Twitter. Schaefer, uh, take a deep breath, man. Signing day is done. How are you?
6: I, I don't know. Do I do a Bill Belichick thing here, where it's just like we're on to twenty-five? <laughs> we're on to twenty-five.
2: You've got to grunt. We're a, on to twenty-five. You got to grunt a little more to be we're to be to, to be Belichickian. But um, you know, no, I, well, I'd like to hear
0: Bill Belichick say 2 5 crew," though. That seems to be the hashtag for the next one. 2 5 crew" just for some reason sounds like it'd be funny coming out of Belichick's mouth.
6: Uh, it would be hard to imagine him uh, going down that. Can you imagine an in-home visit with Bill Belichick? By the way,
7: <laughs>
6: like he's—he's just—he's supposed to sell someone from the transfer portal to come play quarterback for him. Like I, you know, uh, it's hard to imagine.
2: He would—he would also add an add a, a Y to the end of your name, Mikey, Chrissy. Uh, I don't know Everybody how we do it. I, well, I mean, he called Tim Tebow Timmy for <laughs> for years. Well, Timmy, I'd really uh, rather you not do this multi million dollar endorsement deal. You may not make the team, Timmy. So uh, let's talk real quick. Chubba Purdy, before we get into your, your, your thoughts on the class, Shafe, you've got a report out from Arizona 360, and this is from Brad Sesmat. Uh, that says uh, Chubba has decided to enter, enter the transfer portal. This has been retweeted by mom, dad, and sister. Uh, not really that surprising if Chuba moves on, given the state of the quarterback room, although Rule pretty uh, emphatic today that he wanted the guys that helped uh, this season uh, get navigated, uh, have a shot to win the job. And if, if they're going to have to uh, compete, it was guys below them in class. What do you think about Purdy? being a grad transfer here, graduating in December and, and potentially moving on.
6: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I would view it as a potential good fit for both sides for him to just sort of stay, play out the string. Uh, and the reason I feel that way, I don't think Chubba Purdy is going to go be a power five starter somewhere else. Like, so it, it to me, if it's, if he wants to play at this level, he's going to be a backup quarterback. If he wants to get as many snaps as he can get, he's going to the FCS or, or group of five. I mean, I, I think his upside is that as being a competent backup quarterback that you can bring in at a moment's notice and he can kind of run around and do some things, but I don't think he's ever going to be a game manager. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that you can install for, for eight games and can get you through the season. I think that we got the best version of what he could be at times Uh, in that Wisconsin game and in that Iowa game and it's still flawed like I and that's that's not to say that he you know needs to leave or that he has to pursue other opportunities it's just that I think his ceiling is pretty limited uh, but I think his floor is still pretty high and so because of that I I like the idea of him as a as a potential backup quarterback for for Dylan Ryle I mean I, I I am not treating this and Matt Rule might want to he might want to tell us all the time that this is an open quarterback competition. I, Mike Schaefer, am not treating it as such. Mm-hmm. Dylan Raiola didn't come to Nebraska to sit behind Chubba Purdy or Heinrich Harburg. Matt Rule didn't talk about the San Francisco 49ers offense today, and, and that's what they want it to look like. It never looked like that when Heinrich Harburg was the starting quarterback this year. So that's not that's not a real thing that's going to happen. I mean, I know the last name's Purdy but there's really no similarities between Brock and Chubba as quarterbacks either. So to me, I mean, it's, it's very much Dylan Raiola's job. It's can Nebraska find someone to help push him and can Nebraska find someone that can be a competent backup should they need it. And I think they have that guy in Chubba and I think they would like to try to keep him if they can. Uh, But I could also understand why he wants to go find an an alternative where he could play more, but I just don't think that's going to happen at the power five level. So if you're Nebraska, I think the argument for it is, hey, we've got a good situation for you here. You tell him that he's competing for the job. But more than likely, you know, I think everyone knows that it would be as the, as a backup. And if he's not comfortable with that, then he's going to have to move on. And Nebraska is going to have to try to find someone in the portal. I mean, the, the difficulty of navigating the the Dylan Raiola thing, on one hand, you're getting a five-star quarterback and and a number, you know, the number one quarterback on 24-7 sports rankings right now. On the other it's not particularly easy to convince older players to come in and compete against this when he's already the most popular recruit and most popular player on the team. Like this is, you know, this isn't an easy scenario. And I think Matt rule is really going to have to work uh, to, to try to sell that there's a competition and to, to try to bring in someone that would compete in that scenario as well. So it's a, you know, it's a it's a big deal. Like Nebraska really needs to have a veteran quarterback in that room, um. You know, opposite of of Dylan and Danny Kalen and and Heinrich Harper. And is I that think trouble would be a good fit there? Is
2: that veteran maybe Casey Thompson?
6: Uh, you know, there's there's been conversation of it, but based on what you know we've heard lately, I don't think that's that's likely to happen. I think that might have been an alternative, um. But I don't know that that's the route that things are going to go uh, at this point in time, and I don't. I don't know that they necessarily needed to, but that would be more along the lines of someone that I think, you know, like Chuba, isn't going to take the job away, but could give you a competent backup. Now the problem with Casey is he's not going to play this spring. So I don't see a lot of value in bringing him in as someone that's competing for, for a role because he can't, he can't practice. So it's, you know, And it also doesn't have – like there's other guys out there that they could certainly go to. But the reason that you like Chubba is he's already in your system. Mm. He already knows these players. And so I think they're certainly going to try to keep him. Uh It's just going to come down to what he ultimately wants out of his college football experience.
0: Mike, what is your, your comfort level with Dylan Ryle, a true freshman starting quarterback? That hasn't been traditional in college football, but it's kind of been the way of the world, both in the NFL and in college recently, that these high-level guys are given a shot early. What's your comfort level with him being – not only a starter, but a presumptive starter, if there isn't competition that's brought in.
6: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not super comfortable with it because this is a big year. They need to win games. You know, they let 2023 get by without getting to a bowl game, failing essentially at five and seven. Uh, and I don't, I don't personally believe that they're going to deserve to get a pass for if they struggle in 2024. If you're starting a true freshman quarterback, because you also sort of line this up as well so that doesn't mean like I'm I'm holding anyone's feet to the fire what I'm just trying to say is that there's a big opportunity and a runway for them early in the season to put some wins together but you also know if a young guy you're going to have some growing pains and so they're going to have to be able to work through that and I think one of the ways that they can is you try to build your roster out as much as you you possibly can he's going to have a veteran offensive line for the most part but he doesn't have I think particularly great skill position players around him so you know, you're asking a lot of a true freshman quarterback where you don't, have, you know, your next most experienced wide receiver is is, uh, I guess, Alex Bullock or Malachi Coleman or James Lloyd. Like that's that's not a, a great picture for a true freshman starting quarterback. I mean, when you think of guys who have had a lot of success doing this, it's usually because they're surrounded by a bunch of talent and asking him to have to be the son is exactly how Nebraska got into problems in 2018. The last time they had a true freshman starting quarterback in Adrian Martinez. So I think Nebraska still has to work the portal. I think they have to try to find some veterans that they can add on offense. Uh, but yeah, my, my comfort level isn't particularly high with it, but that doesn't matter. I mean, we, we know where this is headed. And so it's, can they put enough around uh, Dylan that you can manage through those growing pains? And I think they can't, like, I don't want this to come off as, as pessimistic. It's a huge day for Nebraska. It's a great day. there. You have a five-star quarterback in the fold, but the reality is, he has never played a snap of college football and he is going to get the keys to the kingdom. And uh, you have to hope that it goes well and you have to give him the best chance to be successful early on.
2: It's Mike Schaefer with his 24 seven sports set. Mike J Schaefer on Twitter. Schaefer overall impression of this class, 26 total a handful more of, of talented walk-ons. what do you think?
6: Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a, uh, an exciting group. There's a lot of interesting Parts of this class, I thought last year in twenty twenty three in that cycle, they did a great job rebuilding their defensive line, and we saw that play out with guys like Cameron Lenhart and Riley Van Poppel and Prince Will and and Sua Lafoto, and and we'll see it with Vincent Carroll Jackson this spring. And you know, they did similar with the offensive line this year. I, I really feel like that. You know, beyond beyond Dylan, the other part of this class that I think really stands out, they took six offensive linemen. When you add in Alexander Ruggiero,li who's on an NIL scholarship. Uh, And they have guys in Grant Bricks and Preston Talmua uh, that are really talented linemen uh, as well. And then they have some developmental types in Jake Peters and Landon Davidson uh, that could be pretty good. And then they have a guy in Gibson Pyle that nobody talks about that, you know, got invited and is going to go play in the All-American Bowl. And I think he's probably one of the more underrated pieces of this class. So I, I really like what they did in the trenches. And that extends over to the tight end position, too, where they, yes, they got Carter Nelson and he is a absolute freak athlete but is going to need some time to, to learn, uh, first learn 11-man football and just continue to sort of grow and grow into an actual position, whereas he played a lot of different things for Ainsworth. Uh, but what I did like is they also added Ian Flint and Eric Ingwersen to blocking tight ends, an area where they really were weak this year. They didn't seal the edge very well. It felt like, you know, Thomas Fedoni and Nate Kircher sort of struggled at times. That's why we saw a lot of Luke Lindenmeyer. He was in there to help block. And I, I think guys like Eric Ingwersen and Ian Flint are more known for their ability to move people than they are necessarily to go be pass catchers in space. And so I think it's good uh, to add that power component to your tight end room and to, to really sort of try to build that up as well.
0: It's Mike Schaefer with us here talking recruiting our signing day special. And Mikey, you mentioned Gibson Piles an under the radar guy. Any other under the radar guys in this class that you think might surprise Husker fans earlier rather than later in their Husker career?
6: Yeah, I mean, one of the guys that I really like in this class is just down the road in Omaha and Donovan Jones. I feel like we probably don't talk enough about him when we talk about the Metro guys. It's usually a lot of conversations about the Bell West guys or Caleb Benning. Uh, But Donovan Jones is really good for Omaha North. And he showed up at a Friday Night Lights camp. Uh, There was a little advance notice from Steve Warren to the Nebraska staff, like, hey, put some eyes on this guy. But I don't think that they thought that he was going to wow them the way that he did with his athleticism. And then he just went and had a monster senior year. And he had a really similar year to, to Caleb Bennett. And, you know, some of it is Omaha, Omaha North didn't go as far in the playoffs. And I don't know that people are as familiar with him. But he's a really instinctive, bigger safety that had no problem coming down, laying the wood, like to play in coverage, can pick off passes, played wide receiver, dynamic athlete. He's big and strong. I think he's a, a – a eventual replacement for Isaac Gifford in that Rover role in this Tony white defense. And I, I just think he's one of these guys that people are going to see the name. They're not going to think a lot about. And then in a couple years, it's going to be, Oh, Donovan Jones. Wow. Look at that play. I, I, I legitimately think he is big arrow up in this class.
2: Mike Schaefer's with us. Schaefer, it's always fun to, to chat with you. It's great to have you back on with us and appreciate you giving us time to do so as we wind down uh, a thought here on just the the overall development phase of the rule program. When you couple that with some of that natural God given talent,
6: yeah, I mean you've you've they want to be builders, like they want to build this thing through the high school class, and I love to see that today. I mean, they only have one transfer portal addition in this class, and it's a guy who's only going to be a sophomore, so he's going to have three years with you. And they, this is how I think Nebraska is if if and when Nebraska returns to its place in college football landscape, it is going to be because they built it this way. I don't think there's quick fixes. I don't believe in the Deion Sanders style. I don't think Matt Rule ever believed in that style. And so they're going to find the players that they feel like fit their culture, fit their rooms and build them from within. And I trust them to be able to do that. I really liked what we saw defensively last year. I think the offense will make a jump this year as well. Uh, with, with a little bit more consistency from the quarterback position. Uh, and even though uh, Dylan Raiola is a true freshman, I think that he can open up different avenues of that offense that will allow guys like Malachi Coleman and Jalen Boyd to flourish. So I, I think Nebraska is well on the path of being a team that builds from within. And I think they have a lot of really interesting pieces. There's some guys that we have not ever talked about uh, because they've redshirted or they haven't had their opportunity that they're going to have a chance for a big spring and uh, I think there's going to be some new and different names for us to to banter about in the, the dog days of March.
2: You having a Maybe. banquet beer tonight before the Nebraska I have game? I am going
6: to the basketball game where they, for whatever reason, did not accept my email that they needed to start selling banquets there, particularly over by Section 112 where I'm at. Uh, but, you know, I'll keep sending an email to Trev and we'll see if eventually he uh, he's, he acquiesces.
2: Who, who can have more banquets in a night? You or Rip from uh, Yellowstone.
6: Uh, well, I would not pit me against rip in pretty much any, uh, <laughs> any scenario. I don't, I don't like my chances there, but, uh, I think Johnny Lawrence would take both of us under the table. Uh, you know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with him. I, those are the two guys that, you know, I, I would like to include myself in this category, but those are really the, the, the guys that have helped make Coors, uh, very trendy as of late. I love it. I, I just happen to be along for the ride.
2: No, you keep on riding shave. Awesome coverage and work. Per usual we'll do this again sooner than than later thanks for making time tonight
6: yeah Schmitty, this was great first time we've been able to do this in uh I don't know like five years or so. something
2: like that Six yeah see uh, it's, it's,
6: it's been a while
2: pretty much since I joined the show yeah
6: so no it trust me it went before you too like it's uh it's it's definitely been a while so it's it's been great to get back here on uh on 1480 and, and join you guys
2: appreciate you shave take care brother thanks again. There he is, Mike Schaefer at Mike J. Schaefer on Twitter. More Siding Day 2024 continues. Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good to have you in, Siding Day 2024. And this whole thing will be posted for you Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. On Hale Varsity's uh, page, subscribe. Tell us what you think. Also, the live version and post it on video for you. The YouTube channel with Hale Varsity. Big thanks to Mike Schaefer, uh, Bill Dolman, uh, Mr. Mike Babcock, Damon Benning, and yes, Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. Evan Bland joins us now at Evan Bland O W H on Twitter. And Evan, a lot of news going on for the past week or so. The big red get there. their ink to dry today. Twenty six plus some walk ons. There's pretty news going on right now. Where have you been? Where's the Evan tour taking you today?
7: Well, I spent a lot of the day in Logan, Iowa, actually talking with uh, Grant Bricks and people around him for a story. I think uh, people enjoy kind of getting to know him a little bit more. Um, you know, he's he's not uh, maybe the number one headliner in the class, but he's. You know, top four, I would think for sure. So I uh, was 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 out there, followed along with the press conference and uh been been tracking the Chubba Purdy news here just uh you know a moment ago. So you know, National Signing Day is not what it was. Uh, it's not your older brothers February uh you know, day of sort of thing, but uh definitely a lot going on.
2: Quite a bit. You look at Nebraska and uh, of course the, the the news is the flip from from Dylan Raiola and that that was monumental uh and then you you look at some of the the interior right Grant Bricks is is right up there that's a target for Donnie Raiola for um, quite a while you know a two-year plus process and it took a semi right <laughs> to sweeten the deal uh at least uh you know the the announcement video was pretty good but you know, overall, what's your impression here uh, of not only the Raiola get, but just this this foundational class? Really, a second class, a full year of recruitment by Raiola uh, by Rule, excuse me, Rule and his staff.
7: Yeah, it's you know, it's these are always the really interesting classes. Like you think about when just the process of a coach. Coming in and, and you know, in, in the current climate, you have, like, a month to hold on to the guys who've been committed. You try to fill some gaps. You probably go to the transfer portal. This, this class is the opposite of that. I mean, this is a Matt Rule class where these guys have developed relationships with the coaches. Uh, you know, the majority of this group has been committed since the summer. And then obviously they add some pieces late and it just, it feels like they did a good job addressing immediate needs. They did a good job building up long-term. Like I think, especially uh, along the offensive line, this is a class once you get beyond Raiola and and Carter Nelson, where you can see essentially them having multiple starters out of this group as soon as 2025 or 2026. And so I think that's, a place that I would start, you know, you look at uh, Nebraska's ability to this point to retain players relative to much of college football, and I think you see a lot of potential there in this class too when you talk about five or six legacy players, eight in-state players overall, guys who just understand the importance of of what this program means to this state and, and what it's all about. Uh, there's just not nearly as much of of sort of having to upload culture and expectations when so many of these guys grew up with it. And typically those are the guys who tend to stay a little longer and be a little bit more invested as well. So it's hard to nitpick too much of this class. Maybe that they missed out on a running back. Um, maybe that there's no obvious Um, middle linebacker although I think you could probably see a few guys develop into that like a Vincent Shavers type but uh, overall I mean just a a a deep class a lot of players and I think a lot of upside for guys that could pop either as soon as next year or down the road.
0: Evan, are you surprised that as of right now there's only one portal pickup for the Huskers and in Bly Hill and Bly Hill was an FCS kid uh, that played one season at corner now he's making the move up to Nebraska you surprised he's the only portal pickup as of right now?
7: Well, it's definitely a paradigm shift when you think about 12 last year and then 15, the cycle before. So that's sort of been what we're used to around here is is a lot of movement there. But I think it's, first of all, it's in keeping with what, Matt Rule and his staff want to do. They've said 90% high school prospects and then supplement that out of the portal. And then I think as he said in his press conference today, they've sort of had their own portal this year. I mean, they got Bryce Benhart back out of the portal and Ben Scott and, and Ty Robinson and John Bullock and Isaac Gifford. Like these are guys essentially that were, uh, portal wins in a sense because they could have gone on uh, into the NFL draft process. They could have looked elsewhere and, and commanded a lot of attention and, and resources and that sort of thing. And so when you have guys of that caliber that say, yeah, I'll, I'll come back for a fifth year, or I'll come back for a sixth year. Then you're not having to react and go into the de facto free agent market to try to fill those gaps. So I think that's been a lot of it. Um, and, and, you know, again, they just feel good about the high school guys that they have. So you add all that up, along with the fact that they're roughly at about 100 scholarship players and need to get down to 85 by fall camp, and there's just not a lot of room to, to speculate either. So if you're not addressing an immediate need or there's not a slam-dunk, game-changing sort of talent in there, you're not really, if you're in Nebraska, in a position where you can sort of speculate on, on players out of the portal right now.
2: Evan, is there an immediate need to go get another name for that quarterback room, another player, assuming Chubba Purdy's uh, out the door? And, and I know that's uh, Arizona 360 reporting that uh, about 30 minutes ago or so. So say Chubba is gone, what next format rule? You've got three guys there, Kalen, uh, Raiola, and, and um, Heinrich to, to compete. I don't know where things are at with Casey Thompson. Do you do you look uh, for another addition here after Spring Bowl?
7: Well, first of all, I uh, you know you talk about breaking news, and in the moment, I did get a confirmation from Chubb's dad that okay. that's uh, that's accurate. So yeah, he's he's moving on. Um, but yeah, you know it, it's interesting because I kind of if I were Purdy and I were kind of looking at his situation, I mean, yeah, you have uh, riola ahead of you there uh, potentially, probably. Um, but you 're also sort of the the resident veteran in the room i mean you've you 've got four years of college football under your belt, yeah, you fought through injuries, but you 're at a place um with some stability now you 're at a place where you can maybe go into the second year of an offense and and move forward with that and and you know he's he obviously felt differently and and is looking you would imagine at uh more of a starting opportunity elsewhere but i mean yeah it, it is a situation now where if you're in Nebraska, I think you you'd probably want to look at a, a veteran quarterback type, if for no other reason than to be sort of a, a mentor, maybe an insurance policy, because you've got now two true freshman scholarship players. You've got Heinrich Harburg, who's got a lot of talent, a lot of big you know big arm, um, but I don't know that his skill set is is what you're looking for. The way that Nebraska's offense is going to start tilting toward next year. So, it, may, it might behoove Nebraska to bring in somebody who isn't necessarily intent on having to be the starter, someone who's willing to compete. And if he is beaten out, uh, is willing to be a good teammate and in an insurance policy and that sort of thing. So, I, I think this move by Purdy does open the door further for that possibility. I still think receivers a spot. You're going to see Nebraska target, whether that's Julian Fleming, who has been here on an official visit but looks like he's a Penn State lean, or somebody else. I think that's, that's something that we've learned in a few years of the free transfer era is that there's always talented receivers out there, and Nebraska's experienced that firsthand the last few years as well. So I think those would be two positions, potentially running back, depending on um, who's available and, and who's willing to listen. But I, I think the shopping list overall is pretty short, but those key few offensive pieces, I think, are still out there.
0: Evan, when you, when you talk about offensive pieces, do you think any of the incoming freshmen, the guys in this 2024 class, could be guys that, similar to Malachi Coleman and similar to, to Jalen Lloyd, could be getting some playing time by the end of their freshman year? Are there any names that stand out among this current class?
7: Well, you got to do some projecting, right? I mean, you think about a year ago, I don't know that people thought Jalen Lloyd would – do what he did and it took a lot of injuries to sort of pave the way for him to get out there um so you know potentially I think receiver could be another spot where you still have a lot of young guys Keelan Smith uh, had an awfully impressive year in Missouri that's somebody that I think you would have to look at um but you know again we've learned like it's hard especially the way that Nebraska wants to play offense for a true freshman receiver to come in and make a big difference right away. And so if it's not that position, you kind of feel like tight end is still pretty well spoken for with Thomas Fidoni and Nate Borkercher. That that seems like a hard position for a true freshman to crack. Uh, And like we said, they don't have a running back in the class. So, I mean, Rayola is the obvious candidate at quarterback to be somebody there. But I, I think that kind of speaks to where this program is going is that you don't really see a lot of guys in this class that you point to and say Nebraska needs them right now, and I think that's because they have depth at those spots. You know, I think of offensive line where uh, you know, three or four years ago you're starting guys like Turner Corcoran as a true freshman or Bryce Benhart, Teddy Prohaska, okay. and right now that position's in such a place to where uh, you, you, know, you can see these guys redshirting, disappearing for a couple of years as they – grow their bodies and that sort of thing before they uh, are able to roll out. So I think just the fact that there aren't a lot of players that you would put out there right away speaks uh, less about maybe the talent that is in this class and more about the health of the program overall.
2: Real quick, Evan, before we say goodbye and thanks for your time today and coverage, of course, with Signing Day 2024. Overall, what what's the um, – the the outlook for you moving forward not just spring but beyond what what could this team be next season even with a freshman quarterback that's highly touted paired with the defense what do you think Nebraska can do moving forward
7: that's the next big question I mean now that the big fish is in the boat <laughs> now, I mean, now it becomes like what do you do with him? like uh, how do you develop him? how do you groom him and get him ready whether that's on day one whether that's midway through the season. Whatever it might be, I think back to what Rule said earlier this month, which was one of their primary offseason priorities is going to be putting whoever is the quarterback in the best position to succeed. And that you know includes a whole bunch of stuff from uh, how you surround them with talent to the play calls that you put out there, uh, the style of offense that you run, how much you expose them in the running game, all these different things. And so I think – That's one of the big missions this offseason is what does the offense look like? How do you put that quarterback in the best position to succeed? And then you pair that with a defense that we saw looked awfully good at times last year. And maybe the one area that they came up short was enforcing takeaways. And so if that defense can take a step uh, in what is becoming a veteran black shirts unit and you have an offense that's a little bit more uh, set in what it is uh, that avoids risk, a little more than it did last year i think that's a recipe for certainly getting back to a bowl game um and then and then beyond that you don't know i mean you're talking about trying to finish in the top 12 nationally to get into the college football playoffs starting next year and if you can get into that nine or ten win range uh, I, I think we're seeing that's when
1: things really start to get interesting
2: evan we'll check in in the new year thanks for the time bud
1: merry christmas guys Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? I'm not pointing you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Open phones here, the final 20 minutes. We'll hear from Dylan Raiola. We'll hear from Matt Rule. And open phones for you, the next 20 minutes, 489-1240-800-825-5865. You look at some of the uh, big Ten recruiting rankings, fifth quarter tailgate. Putting this in on the um, the stream with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Bottom four: Michigan State, Indiana, UCLA, Northwestern. I think Northwestern coming in at number ninety-seven. I think UCLA was sixty-eight. You had Indiana somewhere into the fifties, and Sparty I think came in at fifty-third, if I remember uh, correctly. Um, uh, so there, there is that. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's uh, either kind of feast or famine. Uh, Steven checks in. He's right. You grow inside out. Uh, Lines of scrimmage are paramount in the Big Ten. But uh, news of the day, aside from Nebraska inking 26 uh, kids, plus uh, some really strong walk-ons. You have Chubba Purdy in the portal. Evan Bland breaking that. Uh, just about seven minutes ago, uh, Paul has been on hold. Paul, go for it. Thanks for calling in. Welcome into Hale Varsity.
4: Hey guys, two questions. Uh, hearing a lot of rumors. Can you report anything about a
7: change in the quarterback coaching?
2: I I know the the two names we've talked about for a week. One is uh, Christensen. Uh, that is uh, that that was. The quarterback coach. He's a private quarterback coach um, with uh, not only uh, Patrick Mahomes but also Dylan Raiola, uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I I know he has been on campus. I have also heard in recent days no confirmation of this, so that he may have just been advising. He just might have role. been 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 a part of the the uh, let's go kick the tires on Nebraska.
0: Yes. Yeah. So
2: so that, that's the name, Christensen. And then, God, I keep messing his name up, the, the former Baylor O.C. and quarterbacks coach.
7: Do you think it's likely that Satterfield's going to have to accept someone taking over the quarterback room?
2: I think that's how Sats worked. I mean, I don't know that he worked with quarterbacks uh, in, in many of his stops. I think he's just kind of been a co-O.C. And you've you've had him on staff before with Rule, where he's worked with tight ends or some other position, uh, you know, assistant offensive sure. line. And you've always had a quarterback coach. and say, shouldn't say, always, but you've had a quarterback coach many times. With him on staff, with rule. And it should be noted, uh, it should be the name you're looking for, Glenn Thomas. I had it written down. I couldn't see it through my notes. So Glenn Thomas is the other name we currently heard. with the Steelers. You, you do wonder is that something that gets announced after the season? Right. And rule didn't want to dive into it today. Yeah, so. so okay. So yeah, I think Next. they, I think they are looking hard at the quarterback coach.
7: Second, I'm ecstatic that we got Rayola and Kalen to sign. Amen. And while I'm concerned about the possibility of losing Purdy.
2: He is gone. Don't,
7: don't we he... have to accept that with only an 85 scholarship limit, we have to lose some of the scholarship players currently on the roster?
2: Yeah, or you get creative with, okay, you're not on scholarship, but here's here's your NIL. That that is This is, as Lloyd and Harry would say, that's as good as money. So yeah. your your NIL could cover that, uh, your your room board and and then some. So uh it, it can work out. You can have your own NIL setup that would be uh better or greater than your scholarship. And it
0: should be noted just because Chubb
2: is in the portal doesn't mean doesn't he's, mean necessarily he's gone. out the door. You
0: can see the writing yeah. on the wall though, considering how he finished last year the the pedigree. I feel like somebody's gonna go wanna scoop up a guy like Chuba. I you know, I,
2: I you fight tr- you, you fight like hell to keep him if you're Nebraska. Yeah, uh, I, really, I really am anxious to see a full year at Chubba pretty healthy and ready to go. Uh, I really liked what I saw in the glimpses, turnovers, or turnovers obviously take better care of the ball, but he looked like a different quarterback uh, this season than, than previous years at Nebraska.
7: Well, only one thing to say, go Big Red.
2: Paul, appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. Four eight nine twelve forty or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Who else is on the horn? John's on the line. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I want to say to you and your whole staff, just have a safe and happy uh, holiday season. Uh, I enjoy listening to you. Usually, I listen and you answer most of my questions. Uh, what is the final money ticket on our quarterback? And I guess my other question, you know, like you were saying. You don't need a scholarship. I say, how about the scholarship. Just, just give me, you know, the, you know, the, the likeness money, like, like
2: give me that. the apartment, well, give me the car. <laughs> yeah, well, how? <laughs> give can, me the stipend. I guess
3: my question is, how much money could a team play? I mean, could a team come in and spend a hundred million, a hundred million a year on players? I mean, there's, there's no way to it. I mean, the way I see it right now.
2: Uh, well, pre- presumably you could, but you got to get uh, Uncle Warren Buffett on board or or be a, a Boone Pickens descendant to, to, to make that a reality. I don't – you know, John, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you listening to Man of the Kind Words. Merry Christmas to you. Um, the thought is this, whatever the zeros say, I don't have the books. We'll probably, we probably won't ever get the books. We won't books. ever get the books on what a – nil package is for uh a a jeff sims a casey thompson a dylan riola don't know i can speculate and that is not to be reckless i can tell you that previous numbers were maybe around half million uh, 000, uh your your going rate is at two hundred and fifty thousand per semester you're in college if you're a High-end quarterback. You do the math. You're there, eight to nine semesters total. There's your one to two million dollar window. That's kind of the market. Matt Rule referenced here back in November. That's my best guess. That's my that's my map right now. Chaba Purdy uh, uh, in the portal. Does he stay in the portal? Uh, I think it's a loss for Nebraska. Uh, because I think Chuba's best football days are ahead of him. That could still be at Nebraska, but right now it's looking like it's going to be somewhere else where he's healthy, where he's calm, where he's confident. How about that speed and, and arm you sh- you saw from him uh, when, when he was in the flow, right? I mean, kind of pushed into duty and, and finally healthy, still playing with that sports hernia. So right now he's recovering from said surgery, but there's going to be suitors for him. Absolutely. Does Nebraska need to go somewhere else, Elijah? Yes, you've got Raiola. I'm saying, is there also uh, somebody beyond Harburg? You look at at quarterback. We don't know where things are at, or if things are, are moving in a direction where Casey Thompson is a viable backup option, or could be a starting option. You heard Matt Rule talk today about nothing is given. You got to go take it. You got to go earn it. So, I feel like if Casey would have.
0: Been coming here. I think we would have known that by today, and maybe it, it took a move like Chuba hitting the transfer portal for that to be is, is that a domino? Though is
2: is is Chuba in the portal a reaction to Casey Thompson maybe running it back?
0: And that's that's possible. But what I will say is I think Nebraska has bigger needs on their current roster than an insurance policy quarterback. I think I look at running back, I look at wide receiver, and I look at those and I say if Nebraska was giving out a scholarship spot to somebody, I think that may be more important than an insurance policy quarterback. I think the insurance policy quarterback is, is good to have, but you already are in a scholarship crunch. And is is the luxury of a of an insurance policy quarterback what you really, really need within this offense if you want to find success next season? I don't know.
2: Well, I'm just saying if the guy that you think goes out and wins the job... Gets dinged, or isn't ready. You still got to go win ball games with somebody behind center. You got a, you've got a real talent, and in uh, Maestro we think coming in. But you've seen how many Nebraska quarterbacks played last year.
5: And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Thanks for spending time. Thanks for hanging out with us on Signing Day 2024. Full show going to be reposted for you. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give the show a follow. Give Elijah a follow at Herbal Essence at Schmidt underscore radio. It's where I'm at on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the hell you call it. And uh, we'll be back at you tomorrow at four. Big thanks to all our guests. Let's get to Jim before we wind down. Jim, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
4: Sure. You guys have a great show. I just, uh, you know, it's just a pleasure for me to see a coach that, uh, whether he was coaching high school ball or, or uh,
3: college or pro or whatever, uh, the guy knows how to treat people,
4: and, uh, and that's obvious with, you know, we can talk about the recruits and who he's getting and this and that, but, uh, and, and the coaching staff that the, the guy like that brings in. Uh, he's got it straight across his shoulders, and he's a perfect fit for Nebraska, and uh, I can't see anything but this team going going up. So I'll just sit back and listen, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Hey, Jim, appreciate you. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you listening in to Hale Varsity and catching us up. Uh, can we sneak in a little, Dylan? Yeah. Let's sneak in a little, Dylan. This is uh, part of his uh, coverage and his comments on Nebraska and part of that reason for the flip uh, from Dylan. You've, you've seen it posted. Hear it from him.
8: I think it was a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion with my family. Um, I mean, it, it was just something that I grew up in, and, and it's always tugging at my heart. So, you no, know, I didn't. I didn't want to ignore it, and, uh, you know, I explored the option, and, you know, God put me in a position to, you know, make the decision to go to Nebraska.
2: So that was uh, part of Dylan right after his signing day ceremony in Buford. A little bit more from... Uh, Rayola, when it comes to the – you heard the flip part. Now, how about the decision-making process, or is that what we just heard?
0: Oh, We just heard uh, on the uh, the flip. We can go
2: decision-making. Okay, let's get to the decision-making.
8: I think it was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Uh, you know, people talk about a grown-man decision. I think that was one of these, but um, it was hard. I, you know, I really enjoyed getting a Coach Smart, his whole staff, Coach Bubba. Um, Honestly, you know, to leave leave a program like like Georgia to go to a place like Nebraska, you know, where people people around the country forget how much of a great program Nebraska is, and uh, I think, you know, I can't wait to get in there with my teammates and get to work.
2: Last thought from Dylan Raiola: Why? Why pick Nebraska?
8: I think everything about it. Um, you know, my legacy. My dad went there. Um, I think just to fit overall uh, to, to be a part of something bigger than myself. It was really just just something I prayed about, and it really came to my heart, and uh, you know, it's something that I felt convicted about.
2: Well, good stuff from Dylan Raiola. Loaded show tomorrow. Charlie McBride, Mister Blackshirt, will join us. We'll get Gary Barnett's take on Dylan Raiola, and also the Buff recruiting class. Some uh, flack on uh, some of the who, who's who Dion is taking. Not quite the buzz that last year. Had or at least some of the Louis <laughs> that Deion brought with him. Uh, what did I see on social media today? The that kid w- in his announcement video had a weed and a gun on the table. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, that, quite frankly, tops the hat choice, right? All right, I've got the Buffs, I've got uh, Miami, I have LSU, I have Bama, uh, I've got a, a, an ounce, and I have a Glock. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's the mother of all recruiting tables. That's honestly five-star material to me. Give that kid the bump up. Careful <laughs> about asking for a bump, all right? <laughs> <laughs> just just saying that. Talk to you tomorrow at four. Thanks to Damon Benning, Bill Dolman, Mike Babcock, Evan Bland, Mike Schaefer. Talk to you tomorrow at four on Hale Varsity.
0: A at Media Production.